This afternoon I preach to you God's holy word as we find it summarized and confessed in the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 15. So let's turn in our catechism then to our confession of God's word, Lord's Day 15, that's on page 529 in the back of our book of praise. What do you confess when you say that he suffered? During all the time he lived on earth, but especially at the end, Christ bore in body and soul the wrath of God against the sin of the whole human race. Thus, by his suffering, as the only atoning sacrifice, he has redeemed our body and soul from everlasting damnation. And obtained for us the grace of God, righteousness, and eternal life. Why did he suffer under Pontius Pilate as judge? Though innocent, Christ was condemned by an earthly judge. And so he freed us from the severe judgment of God that was to fall on us. And then finally, does it have a special meaning that Christ was crucified and did not die in a different way? Yes, thereby I am assured that he took upon himself the curse which lay on me, for a crucified one was cursed by God. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, how would you define suffering? Would you define it as physical pain, like severe hunger and starvation, or such as is experienced by someone who is gravely ill, for example, with cancer? Or we might think in terms of this morning, persecution and torture. Maybe we would say that Suffering is more than physical pain, it's also emotional pain, like the loss of a loved one, or the loss of property, or of live, our livelihood, or a job, or of our dignity, or of our freedom. What is suffering? And how does that relate to the suffering that we confess this afternoon of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, on the one hand, there is a lot to that kind of suffering, human suffering, that is part of the suffering of our Lord Jesus Christ, which we confess. There are similarities. In this way, we are comforted because Jesus shared in our suffering. He became a man, a human being, the Bible says he was like us in every respect, except without sin. When Jesus became incarnate by the Holy Mary, by, by the, the Virgin Mary through the Holy Spirit, then he took on our flesh, he took on our broken human nature, and he lived, he moved into our broken human world, into our human lives and homes. So we're comforted in that knowledge. 
He shared in our suffering. But what we'll see this afternoon is that our Lord Jesus also suffered in a unique manner. And that there are no similarities then with the suffering we endure. Jesus' suffering is unique. We confess that he came therefore, and you can see that in our catechism, in each question and answer, that Jesus came to suffer this unique suffering in our place, on our behalf, in our stead. And Jesus did that so that we wouldn't have to undergo that kind of suffering. And that's what we will focus on this afternoon, especially when we confess that our Lord Jesus Christ suffered. Jesus suffered in our place. That's how we summarize the message this afternoon. Jesus suffered in our place. And we'll see that he suffered, one, because he was judged wrongly, and second, he suffered under the heavy wrath of God. So first, Jesus suffered because he was judged wrongly. So we can ask the question, is it his physical suffering that is the focal point of this confession this afternoon? Jesus suffered all the time he lived on earth physically, emotionally. Especially, he suffered at the end, physically and emotionally. We read in Scripture of how he was whipped and beaten on the head, how he was mocked, how he was crucified, how he endured the, the hot, suffocating hanging on the cross. Well, brothers and sisters, if you think about it, in reality, we have to say that Jesus did not suffer in a, a unique way when it comes to physical and emotional pain, the kind of physical and emotional pain we might suffer. In fact, it could even be said that some endured more physical pain than Jesus did on the cross. We think of those, our forebears in earlier centuries, who were burned at the stake for their faith in Jesus Christ. Or how others, even today, are, are tortured to give confessions or to reveal secrets to admit their faith in Christ, or perhaps to renounce Christ. That's not the focus of our confession this afternoon. It is not primarily Jesus' physical suffering, or even his emotional suffering, but rather the focal point is the spiritual suffering Jesus endured. And it's that spiritual suffering that Jesus suffered all the time he lived on earth, but especially at the end, which our confession makes note of. How Jesus first grew up and began his earthly ministry. How he was misunderstood as the promised one, the Messiah, 
Instead of being recognized as the king of Israel, the promised mediator, the promised anointed one, instead the circumstances around his birth were considered illegitimate. His family, his parents, his siblings often did not understand fully Jesus' purpose and reason for coming to this earth. His fellow Israelites disregarded him. Think about how the shepherds came to Jerusalem, or sorry, to Bethlehem, to tell the people that the Messiah was born and nobody believed him. Think about how Herod tried to kill him. How he was regarded as uneducated, the son of a poor carpenter of Nazareth. How he was even mislabeled by the leaders of the people, the, 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 the religious leaders, the church leaders. They called him a son of Beelzebub. That he was born, that he was related to Satan. Jesus, all through his ministry, was picked apart, rejected, and jeered. And that only increased at the end. In the Garden of Gethsemane, we read about how his own disciples could not watch with him. Or coming out of the Garden, how he was betrayed by one of his very own. It says that very very emphatically when it mentions Judas, how he was one of the twelve who betrayed him, kissed him so that he was arrested. And while being arrested, forsaken by the disciples. Later, in the courtyard where he was being tried, denied by Peter. <clears throat> Jesus was bound like a criminal, beaten, punched, pushed, mocked. All the while, he did not open his mouth. All of it was undeserved, yet he bore it willingly and completely. Brothers and sisters, at this time we pause and consider how in one way we could it could be said that we can even contribute to this suffering. How? Well, think about how by our own words or thoughts or actions, we might say things, think things, do things against Christ. Think about how Jesus was judged by his own brothers and sisters in the faith. Or how he was denied by Peter. Are there times in our lives when we are ashamed to confess Christ? Are there times when we doubt his power? Are there times when we are apathetic or worse, distracted by earthly things? Our God our King Jesus Christ grieves when we don't give our hearts fully to him, 
when we don't acknowledge who he is at all times? Do we, by our actions, make others, including of God's children, cause Jesus to suffer? Jesus suffered on this earth because he was so often judged wrongly and rashly and unheard. All through his life, people made judgments of Jesus that were incorrect and wrong so that he was mislabeled. And that is also true of the end of his life under Pontius Pilate who who served as judge for the people, who represented all the people. Through Pontius Pilate, Jesus is falsely condemned even though Pilate knew he was innocent. Instead, Pilate released one in his place who was deserving of death. Jesus was sentenced to death for a crime he did not commit. He was condemned to death by crucifixion. In our catechism, it mentions that to be crucified means that we are cursed, cursed by God. Indeed, the Roman cross was a punishment reserved for the worst, the most vile of criminals. It was such a horrible punishment that Romans, members of the Roman society and empire, were were not submitted to this kind of punishment. So Jesus was crucified placed between two real criminals and murderers. He was set outside the walls of Jerusalem in the garbage dump where there is burning even of human waste, all picturing that he had no place in society. The Roman cross indicated that the earth, the world, all of society did not want him. He did not deserve to be part of society. And so he was hung off the ground. He was not wanted by the people. That's part of our confession this afternoon, brothers and sisters, that Jesus suffered all through his life, in his ministry, and particularly at the end, by people. He was falsely condemned. He was judged wrongly. That's a kind of suffering that we in some ways experience as well, but never as much as Jesus did. But what we'll see now is that there's even more to this suffering, far more. And that's in our second place. Jesus suffered under the heavy wrath of God. As judge, Pilate, not only represented mankind, he not only represented the people, but he also represented God. That's what Romans 13 teaches us, that all authority on earth, kings and princes and rulers, have been appointed by God. They act and judge also on God's behalf. 
They are to act so that God's law will be obeyed. And so Pilate's judgment is not only a false condemnation of the people, but more importantly, it is an abuse of divine power. Ironically, the power that Jesus himself as Lord of Lords gives. And yet, at the same time, it is a judgment rendered by God. The crucifixion indicates not only that he is rejected by humanity, that he doesn't deserve a place on earth, but also that he is rejected by God the Father, that he doesn't deserve a place in heaven. So not only is he crucified outside the walls of Jerusalem, outside of civilization, in the garbage dump, but he's in a place where there are fires burning, where there's smoke, which also picture the wrath of God, a picture of hell, a picture of Gehenna. And this, brothers and sisters, indicates that he's not only suspended off the earth in his crucifixion, but also suspended or held from heaven. God, the Father, rejects him too. And this is the greatest part of Christ's suffering. That he's rejected by God, by his own Father. This is the part of Christ's suffering that we don't have to or never will experience if we put our trust and faith in Jesus. God our Father never will reject those who are his own. And that's because he has rejected his own son and cursed him in our place. God the Father has determined to bring this full judgment only on his son. And that's what makes the suffering of Christ most difficult. For three hours on the cross, Jesus suffered in darkness. Jesus suffered the forsakenness of his father. Jesus did not in that time experience the nearness and the presence of his father. It's the most difficult part of his suffering when the curse of God, the curse of his father, laid on him, and yet we confess to our comfort a blessing for us. This very bad time for Jesus that we confess this afternoon, his suffering, is good news for us. This is the gospel. Our salvation is the fruit of all his suffering and pain. Christ bore in body and soul the wrath of God against our sin. The Lord Jesus suffered and bore what we deserved. His suffering, therefore, has what we call a vicarious nature to it. That is, it's in the place of another. Jesus is our true vicar. Though innocent, 
He suffered so we didn't have to, so that we could receive his innocence. He was condemned to death so that we could be released. He suffered for all the Barabbases. He suffered for all those criminals, such as those who hung beside him, so that when we die, those who believe in him can be with Jesus in paradise. Yes, the Lord Jesus, by his suffering, our catechism teaches, and we confess, is the only atoning sacrifice. There is no other. He bore it all by himself, once for all. He suffered the agony of hell, the entirety of it, upon his shoulders, in his human flesh, all the while he's still alive on the cross. Jesus suffered the wrath of God against the whole human race. His suffering was sufficient to pay for the sins of the whole world. Now that doesn't mean that the entire human race is redeemed. Or even has the opportunity to be redeemed. Only the elect, those whom God has chosen, are delivered from this wrath of God. Jesus' death is, yes, sufficient for the redemption of the sins of all people. But it was intended for, his purpose to come on earth was for, to benefit and be efficient and effective for God's believers, for those who put their trust in him. So that is our comfort today. Not only did Jesus share the sufferings we experience, but he also carried and bore a suffering that we never have to experience. So it makes us ask, why do we still have to suffer then? Well, we answer, first of all, as we've already heard, we don't have to suffer like Jesus suffered. Our sufferings only pale in comparison. Even more, though some of our sufferings are brought on by our own actions, and though other sufferings do not appear to have any personal cause, God in his providence has a good purpose for them. They are there to help teach us that we are still subject to the consequences of sin in this world. They are there also to humble us should we become arrogant or they can prevent arrogance. Sometimes God uses sufferings to test our faith and build our character. Whatever the case, we must never think as believers that when we suffer, it's because God is angry at us or because he's punishing us for our sins. No, for those who are in Christ Jesus, for those who believe in Jesus Christ and who believe that he suffered under Pontius Pilate and was crucified and died, 
Christ has done this for us once for all. He has made full payment for all our sins. May we be assured, brothers and sisters, this afternoon, when we confess the suffering of Jesus, that God has sent Jesus to suffer in our place. So that in this life of sorrow, we may have a comfort to find and look forward to. God grants us suffering for our good to look to Jesus, to seek Jesus, to find Jesus. And so in conclusion, then we confess this afternoon the suffering of Christ. He has redeemed our body and soul from everlasting damnation. He has obtained for us the grace of God, righteousness and everlasting life. And he has freed us from the severe judgment of God when he took upon himself the curse which lay on me. So rather than suffer, we may enjoy the blessings and the comfort of God our Savior. Amen. Let's once again sing together from hymn 25. This time the stanzas 4, 5, and 7. <laughs>